I just buy the beer that I want, which is sometimes IPA. Hmm. All right. <clears throat> well, at least it'll help stave off malaria. Mm, malaria, I say tipping my hat. All right, <laughs> fine. <laughs> like Milady? Yeah, yeah, that's the bit. Uh, I didn't say it was a good bit. <laughs> I never claimed to have anything. Um, all right, let's just get started. Welcome to Think Outside the Box Set. It's a podcast about learning to appreciate artists that may be misunderstood, unrecognized, or dismissed. And I'm Nathan Hunt. And I'm Cameron DeWitt. And I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you let me get how deliberate you were. Yeah, I'm surprised you let me get through all that and how slow and boring it's going to be for our listeners. Oh, but it was so measured. Oh. And I think people are just going to get like, I don't know. People like Mold a man who's in control. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I think oh, people no. are going to be get oh. real thirsty oh, after no. listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to become an ASMR loop. Yeah. Oh, boy. Ah, like, okay. oh, all that restraint. What's he holding back? <laughs> <laughs> What's bubbling under the surface there? Ooh. Farts. But, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I can't. That's yeah, mostly just farts. Well, I mean, by volume, by weight, by <laughs> expansion, by smell. Sure. You know, scientists say that uh, the human body is, uh, I think, eighty percent farts. Have you heard this? <laughs> yeah, and eighty percent of the remaining twenty percent is water or something or pee, maybe. <laughs> and most people just leave and, out the first part about farts. And the farts themselves are water to some extent, depending on how wet oh, a fart you have. Cameron, you should go see a doctor. I don't think that's normal. <laughs> anyway, this is a podcast that's actually about something, which maybe comes as a surprise to someone who's just tuned in, uh, considering how it's much It's only bullshit. slightly farts. Okay. Uh, this is about, this is our uh, little mini-series about uh, Bob Marley. And Cameron, uh, what, which yeah, episode? you're using the language of blank check. <laughs> <laughs> I have been listening out. to it quite a bit, actually. Oh, no, maybe <laughs> it's... you, motherfucker. Well, Cameron, you know what I like to say? Uh, you and me, we're the two friends. Hashtag yeah. the two friends podcast. <laughs> don't, don't do it. <laughs> um, Cameron, uh, which which uh, episode number in the miniseries is this? Oh, that's a great question. I think is it's it? nine or ten. Oh, okay. Yes, it's it's very it's interesting. 10. It's it's definitely something we should talk about every episode. Um, yeah, it's important. It's important. Well, it here's here's what i'll say about that we've been doing this one for a while it's starting to get a little old yeah for mr dewitt over here yeah for mr hunt also and i don't know i think bob marley is he's well he's writing songs that are at least lyrically less interesting a lot of the time um like yeah i think that's a lot of it yeah i think his soul rebels soul revolution uh catch a fire burning period like that was probably his prime lyrics you know what else I don't want to get like tarred and feathered, but Uh I I don't feel like this one's as musically interesting either. Oh, Uh, this has some of his biggest hits though. It's got three little birds. I know. It's got jamming. It's got one love. Uh, I think those are the Uh, biggest hits. Yeah. I only took five audio samples just because there was nothing to me that like caught my attention. It was all just like, wow, this is a great groove Mm -hmm. period. Full stop. (laughs) Line break. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, turn mm-hmm. the turn the word Page processor break. off. Book break. Volume yeah. break. 
Yeah. Well, we've only got four more albums to go, and that's if we decide to do his posthumous album, Confrontation, which we hmm. potentially might not decide to do. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, we'll do a little more reading on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it seemed like it was mostly cobbled together from, like, um, demos and B-sides and stuff, so it might not quite count as a real Bob Marley album. Okay. But, yeah, we'll talk about that more. Uh, this is about Exodus, June 1977. This is uh, the first one he released after moving to London following an attempt, an assassination attempt made on his life, during which Bob Marley was shot along with his wife, uh, Rita Marley, and a third person. I think it was his uh, manager. Shit, I was just looking at it. Wasn't it Bunny? Don Taylor, his manager. And then band employee Louis Griffiths took a bullet to his torso as well. And uh, Cameron, would it surprise you to learn that the CIA may or may not have been behind or potentially involved in the shooting of Bob Marley? Because I would not be surprised at all. (laughs) Apparently, there is uh, some indication, some evidence to indicate. You can go on Wikipedia. Uh, Let's let's put a link in the show notes to there's a long article about uh, Bob Marley assassination attempt. That's actually very well written. It uh, it starts off talking about the political background. I mean, it's the same old story. It, it, there's a progressive politician that's elected a leader in a country. Uh, and then the CIA swoops in because they think that uh, American capitalist, colonialist, uh, exploitative businesses, are interests are threatened by this progressive politician who wants to do things like promote equality or, you know, get rid of, um, like, the massive uh income inequality or whatever and so then they just like try to assassinate him or depose him or something and i mean it happens it's yeah. tale as old as time yeah but but where does bob marley come into that he's not a politician well uh it's part of the context because there was that that politician uh, his name is michael manley who's the progressive politician um He embarked on several democratic socialist reforms of the state, including land ownership reform, free education from primary to university, and nationalization of certain industries. It was really popular, but uh, the conservatives and the, uh, I guess, reactionaries also did not like that. And so their political party, which is called, confusingly, the Jamaica Labor Party, uh, they, those two political parties were at odds and there was like violence and potentially there was going to boil over into, I mean, it almost seems like it could have been a civil war if things had gone a little bit differently. Huh. Um, and <laughs> it says here by 1976, the two politicians, uh, the two leaders of the two parties hired local gangsters to help them increase their hold on power. So it's, I mean, neither of them, neither of these sides looks very good. Um, right. And then reggae musician Bob Marley announced plans to hold a concert in an attempt to quell the violence. Politicians from both parties were hoping to capitalize on Marley's support. While Marley remained neutral, uh, uh, many viewed him as tacitly supporting Manley and the PNP, which is the progressive already elected leader. He was elected in 1972. Uh, as prime minister, that is. So Bob Marley just wanted to give a nice, peaceful concert to try to discourage violence. And people thought, hey, this guy's trying to discourage violence. Let's shoot him. <laughs> uh, well, that sucks. Yep. You know, I, I said uh, it wasn't Bunny shot, but I remember, I think Bunny was actually assassinated, right? Yeah. Um, two of two people that we talked about, I don't know if they were both in the whalers, but two people we talked about were shot in, I want to say like 1987, bunny whaler. 
yeah way later this is be this is uh i mean it's always kind of been the reading stuff from wikipedia show but it's definitely now the reading stuff from wikipedia oh bunny whaler's still alive bunny whaler wasn't shot maybe it's peter tosh mm. yes it was peter tosh he was murdered Whoops, in 1987 my bad. cameron is that just because you think all jamaicans uh have names that sound alike i don't know <laughs> I thought you were going to say, do you, what do you think, all Jamaicans have been assassinated? <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird non-stereotype. Oh. <laughs> well, I was I was trying to make a bit off of like, do you think all Jamaicans look alike? But then I was like, you probably haven't even seen photos of them. So I tried to make it in a bit. They all got rabbit names. <laughs> well, They're all family man. At least a significant percentage of them do. Cameron, you know that stereotype <laughs> about how all Jamaicans have fun nicknames. Let's try to promote positive stereotypes like that. Yeah. Can you think of another positive stereotype <laughs> to promote? Yeah, you're really painting them to be like a model minority. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Too late. I realized that even quote unquote positive stereotypes are still destructive. Oh, boy. Moving right along to the next topic. We're having fun, aren't we, Cameron? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want that thing to happen where we're so sarcastic that we say something that is like, oh, are they still being sarcastic? Oh, that's I believe that's called Poe's Law. That's it. Thank you. Yes, that's the one. And then we have to be like, were we sarcastic? <laughs> we have to try to remember if we're actually uh, super dumb and uh, problematic or if we just pretend to be. Satirical bluffs. I'm not an asshole, Cameron. I just play one on the internet <laughs> and in real life and on the roads. You play with assholes on the internet. Cameron, I don't ask you about your personal life. <laughs> Oh boy, it's it's Lucy. Okay, um, anything else we need to talk about before we start talking about these songs? Uh, well, I feel like I had something to say about this album. Is it that it seems to be split very severely? Uh, in terms of side A is about like political revolution and uh, religion and stuff, and then the second half is all about sex and good times and fun. Yeah, let's go with that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it really kind of uses the the split format of vinyl to its advantage in a way that's fun. Yes, in a way that's kind of jarring without having to manually go uh, turn a vinyl over. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Can't. I, but that's not our fault. No. I. I may. I mean, that's. I mean, no. That's not uh, the Whalers' fault. <laughs> we are the Whalers, Cameron. You and me. Yeah. yeah. Um. Just lowercase whales. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, we go and harpoon whales all the time. We just, we got to have that precious whale oil. Mmm, yummy. Uh, I maintain that you can, if you listen to an album, if you didn't know beforehand, I think you can kind of tell whether it was recorded in the era of vinyl or not. Because the way that they sequence songs is radically different um, if it's like split up between sides or if it's just one long uninterrupted thing. Um yeah, in, absolutely. In general, they in general albums are sort of sequenced as like a. Uh, this is a very broad generalization, but in in uh, in, in, in in sorry, cut the and, 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 cut and, and, my and, mumbling out. I absolutely will. God not. damn it! I'm so mad at you. Right, you cut I'm it. I'm so mad at you right now, Cameron. Mister, oh, I'm going to coding school, and I'm doing a job in coding. Uh, <laughs> I'm too busy. Uh, now you sound just like me that's exactly what i said <laughs> um it's not it's not a terrible impression no i uh, know 
it's not a good impersonation, <laughs> but it's a good impression. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. In, in, in very general terms, oftentimes um, albums are sequenced, even in terms of like drama of subject matter or tempo or like, I guess, epicness um, through various like like different aspects of the music it's sort of like a a rise and fall it's almost like a, like a plot structure like rising action and then falling action and so generally that's why a lot of songs at the ends of albums are sort of slower or longer or more contemplative or quieter or what have you and so when you have an album that's split into two one side and the other you have that sort of like curve that rise and fall on both sides most a lot of the time not all the time but a lot of the time and i i do think that that actually holds true for this album yeah i feel like um i don't know i miss i miss the that sort of the limitations that used to be present right in these forms yeah yeah even in terms of just like the media that it was going to be released on yes i don't miss the limitations of having to spend a ton of money and have access to a recording studio and all that absolutely yeah I, I, de- I definitely appreciate how democratized like recording technology and stuff has become. It's almost as if like technological progress brings some good things along with some bad things. What do you know, Cameron? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Life is very simple, really. All right. Um, Life is a hurricane. I want to ride it Denver. all night long. <laughs> is that how the song goes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, Cameron, if you're going my way, I want to ride it all night long. <laughs> The hurricane, that is. All right. Should we get cars? Vroom. Uh, first song? Natural Mystic. Natural Mystic. Not to be confused with the Cyborg Mystic. Or the Mystic River. tell if that's a synth bass or not it kind of sounds like it mm. you know it really sounds bad through uh skype ah what does not sound bad through skype though well other times that we've recorded it sounds less bad oh okay yeah I- so i can't tell if it's a synth bass right now just through the sample oh yeah i don't know it, yeah i don't well, think what are you gonna the do production or recording on this song seems that good this is a this is a song about Judgment Day, the the biblical Judgment the Day. To we the got Terminator language about by, uh, James Cameron about trumpets. Oh right, yeah, that that Judgment Day. Yeah, we got uh, you know first and last trumpets, which if you're unfamiliar with the Book of Revelation, it's uh, announcing the coming of the apocalypse. Uh, we're talking about how many more will have to suffer and die. Uh, don't ask me why things are not the way they used to be. I won't tell no oh, lie. That's a relief. Um, now that I know he's not lying, mm-hmm. I think I, yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, that's, that's very good to know. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I'm not lying. Whoa. <laughs> now I really believe this guy. <laughs> he's so trustworthy. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Yeah. Um, Cameron, there's a natural yeah, mystic blowing through the air. If you listen closely now, you will hear. Yeah, is mystic short for mystical energy or force? A mystic what revelation, maybe? Yeah, generally, if you say mystic, that means a person who is into mysticism. Right. It, well, yeah, when I say mystic, or when uh, someone in our paradigm, uh, speaking in our dialect, says mystic. Actually, that's, that's a good what point. They mean. Yeah, it's not necessarily yeah. the be-all and end-all um 
definition for that word. I am actually searching through right, so it, it, patois real quick just to see if there's anything there. It raises the question. Oh, thank you for saying it, that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I almost did I it. I know. There's nothing I love more than, <laughs> than making my friends just uh, second guess themselves before they speak. Every time they open their mouths and just be on, on eggshells, just hoping that they won't say something that will set me off. Yeah, you can't, you can't finish without it. I know, um, yeah. And in this case, Cameron avoided <laughs> uh, saying it begs the question because it actually raises the question. It raises the question, uh, do, is Bob Marley misusing the term mystic on purpose in a, uh, in a new unprecedented way? Or is mystic an actual, is the word mystic used differently in uh, Jamaican or Rastafari like lingo? Or is he just using it on his own, separate from Jamaican or Rastafari lingo as kind of a poetic license? I think it's right. unclear. It's also kind of unclear what he means by natural mystic. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of songs on this album, if I remember right, that they use a chorus meaning the words that you come back to with the same melody every time but often often in like maybe more western sensibilities of like a you know a pop song structure the chorus is like your thesis statement right. or is has some sort of weight to it um but this one is just sort of describing a feeling of um i don't know i mean like all all the meat is sort of in the verses i mean I kind of think what he's getting at with natural mystic is almost like a um, transcendentalist idea of revelation through nature. I think that's what he's getting at. Uh, it's uh, not very fleshed out, though. There's a natural mystic blowing through the no. air. Can't keep them down. If you listen carefully now, you will hear. Um, right. It's almost like the natural world is itself the trumpet of the apocalypse or something. Right. I think in general, we're giving, because this music's outside of our paradigm and outside of our culture, uh, we are giving Bob Marley uh, a lot of leeway with, and benefit of the doubt, benefits of the doubt. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, in, in ways that we wouldn't give to, like, let's say, Alanis Morissette. Oh, that's an interesting comparison. Or, or Insane Clown Posse. And I'd be curious to see, like, you know, like, uh, let's say there's like a, 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 if there were a Jamaican, if we were to have a, a, a Jamaican, um, uh, literature, uh, specialist or doctorate in literature or something like listen to these lyrics, mm. would they say, oh yes, this is actually all of these lyrics are earned or would they say, no, this is the, <laughs> this is the same as, uh, an Alanis Morissette's song that like, uh, is just constantly poetically bluffing but not really supporting it mm, that would be tight as hell dog i wish we could get a jamaican literature specialist on here i've i've barely met any jamaicans in my life and uh i i don't i don't know if any of them have been literature specialists or not so yeah. I, I actually met a bunch of new uh jamaicans this past weekend in fact Oh yeah, yeah you were at the Carlos Jones and the Plus Band yeah, I show was. In, in Cleveland, yeah. your favorite city to walk yeah, around. Yeah, it's so pedestrian friendly. Uh, yeah, I went to Cleveland with my wife, my wife, to visit her her family, <laughs> her, her parents. And uh, while we were there, we managed to catch a Carlos Jones and the Plus Band uh, concert show at uh, what's it called the 
supper club something something's a music box supper club i think it was called yeah it was great it was like this Hmm. it was a fairly small intimate venue but it was completely packed hundreds of people there it was really fun to get to i mean this is the first time i've seen my father-in-law in like a concert setting he performed a few songs at my wedding but to see him like in a concert and like the way people respond and vibe to the music and yeah it was it was a really cool time if any of y'all in the cleveland area i highly recommend going to see carlos jones for some live reggae and uh, he does have some real live Jamaicans in his band and among his fan base. Wow, we, we, Mister Real Live <laughs> re- Reggae Jamaicans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I got to, I got to there. There is this this old guy named George who's who's from Jamaica who like plays percussion in his band. Who is is really sweet. And uh, yeah, so I that's I, I took that segue, and then now that I've finished talking about it, I am done. And well, how about I <laughs> take the floor from take you? It. Um, take the whole floor. So there's one musically interesting thing to me in this song, which is um, uh, I don't know, probably like a minute into the recording, if I remember right, uh, some saxophones enter, and uh, there are two saxophones, I believe, and. One of them, I think, I think they're a fifth apart, if I remember right. And the the higher voice, the higher pitched saxophone, uh, is hitting a minor six on the way down when it descends, and then it goes right back up, but it hits the major six on the way up. Oh, so it kind of goes between the seventh, sixth, and fifth degrees, but changes the tonality of the mm. sixth. In a way that just feels like a little chromaticism, but I think it's like a, a really nice little touch. Uh, chromaticism so, is my listen to the my favorite Death Cab for Cutie album. Uh huh. Trans chromaticism. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, we should. I'm the only uh, one amused by that. Yeah, uh, let's take a listen to your sound sample, shall we? Uh, yeah yeah um it's the one that goes so it goes te le so la te just kind of like a fun little i don't know someone did that on purpose mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what yeah, i mean <laughs> like someone made a choice to do right. that <laughs> to do that like by accident or laziness would mean that you were not able to actually play the saxophone to the extent that you would be on a record at all. <laughs> it's the kind of thing that like you definitely have to be doing it on purpose. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that's, or that specific movement, I don't think is very precedented in any reggae music I've heard. So it's just like a little individualist moment in the saxophone writing. Yeah. I thought it was really nice. Yeah. But uh, that's the only thing that really caught my attention in in this song at all. Right. So. Yeah. Not much the lyrics either. We read most of the uh, unique lines. You want to move on to yeah. so much things to say? Uh, yeah. I think it's also worth saying before we do that, uh, that there is a lot of um, uh, noodly guitar playing in this that feels like more like American blues guitar. Uh, in this song or on this album, do you mean? In this album in general, but especially on this yeah. song. Um, so I think we've heard that in the sound samples. I don't know. You want to play the sound sample you shared one more sure. time and just tune into that yeah, guitar playing? Yeah, listen to that noodle, the, the guitar make the, pasta. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Impossible to go living through the past door. 
there. That's it. <laughs> Real. Bad to the bone. Okay, it's not. It's not yes. that bad. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now I'm ready to. Now move we're on. ready to move on to song number two. So much things to say. So much to say. Wow. Is this the first a little baby? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> um uh, There we go. Man, it's been a while since we revisited <laughs> those uh, those sound samples. I always forget that I have them at my fingertips. Um, uh, yeah, you should do them at least once per episode, once. if not once per second. Well, yeah, yeah, per second. Um, this we have we heard Bob sing this low and raspy before? Hmm. No, I don't think so. Yeah, he's singing real low and raspy on this song. And in fact, um, something on the Wikipedia art album or wikipedia article for this album says that he was they said something about how he wanted to strip it down and stay away from his falsetto on this album huh which i don't know why he did that yeah there's a lot less like ululating and stuff yeah oh god some of the things people write about music is so dumb (laughs) cam an an emeritus (laughs) from sputnik music writes x uh features laid-back production that contains quote a stoned atmosphere that's simultaneously funky and political Oh my god that's really dumb is this what passes Funky for music political journalism? stoned atmosphere yeah <laughs> oh my god oh boy i'm so mad yeah it's gross um oh yeah what's this song about this is another one of those choruses that seems like it kind of zooms out in a like not very th- thematic way or, or the- it's not a thesis uh the chorus is they got so very, 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 so very. They no, I'm reading a a riff. My bad. Where is the chorus? I mean, it's is that it? Is that the chorus? Yeah. I mean, no, that's it. The genius is not great about delimiting the choruses on this album. They say they say in everything. They say so much today. They got so much things to say. So much things to say. And then the verses are about jesus christ and marcus garvey and paul bogle yeah i'm not i wasn't familiar Um, with paul bogle but apparently he's a political uh activist in jamaica yeah i didn't recognize him either uh and then talking about the just doing some some good old bible quotes uh didn't uh come to fight flesh and blood but spiritual wickedness in high and low places Mm -hmm. um or in the patois, it's I and I not come to fight flesh and blood, but spiritual wickedness in I and low places. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is a little interesting. Like this is a, uh, this seems like it, it, it's consistent with his his call for de-escalation of physical violence, mm-hmm. but um, escalation of political revolution, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that's always the answer. <laughs> I'm just saying I think it's cool. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like I like that rhetorical device in, in songs, you know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. And I like it better than him saying I want to bomb a church. Yeah, I agree. 
Well, he does. He didn't say. He didn't say he was going to. He just said he felt like. He said they feel I like feel like bombing yeah. a church. You're you right, know, Cameron. We just have we just have all kinds of feelings all the time, and sometimes you just feel like you you want to. You just feel like bombing a church. You know. It's important not to repress. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And maybe he was saying that, Anything that he didn't feel like he wanted to. Maybe he felt like the action of bombing a church, you know? Oh, it's like, I feel like a woman. Are you saying you feel like you are a woman or you feel like experiencing the pleasures of a woman? Man, I feel like a woman. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> exactly. That's totally what I'm getting at. Um, who, who are the they of this song? They got so much things to say right now. They got so much things to say. Who is they? Uh, I guess Jesus Christ and Marcus Garvey and Paul Bogle. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I was hoping you would tell me. Because the genius annotator, Noah Jonathan, seems to, to say that it's a negative thing that he's, when he says they got so much things to say. <laughs> says out Mar- marley outlines his frustration with those who ramble on ignorant to spiritual and racial matters of significance right so this is just like a, a shady thing it's just he's saying shut up i guess so i mean it's interesting it's impossible to say from the actual song itself yeah i don't know it's just it's it's vague and i just it's, i don't think it's very good songwriting personally at least lyrically uh yeah i agree i mean there there is some good content in here but I'll never forget no way they crucified Jesus Christ. I'll never forget no way they stole Marcus Garvey for rice is what uh, one genius contributor says down, down at the bottom. Uh, Huggy B man says that uh, the lyrics on the genius are mistranscribed and uh, the lyrics actually say they sold Marcus Garvey for rice. Rice, huh? Yeah. I don't know. Do we have an explanation for that? I don't know what he's getting at. If that's like an actual allusion to something or what? <laughs> hmm. Well, I mean, Marcus I think I have a moved... sound sample okay, for yeah, this. Yeah. Sorry, you can cut. <laughs> you can cut out. Do you want to talk about Rice and Marcus? Garvey? I don't know. I mean, I know he moved to the the U.S. and was like involved in the civil rights movement, or I mean, the proto civil rights movement and stuff. Yes. I don't know what Rice has to do with anything. Uh, but yeah, you have a sound sample for this one. Yeah, um, so it's really nice listening to unquantized music mm-hmm. once again. And there is a drum fill in this that uh, is pretty delightful. It is profoundly organic. Like it, it fluctuates a lot, but it all feels just very tasteful and musical. Can, can so. you cover again what you mean by unquantized for people who may not have heard you discuss it before? Of course. Thank uh, you, so, Cameron. That's so polite of you. So... Um, Everyone's probably familiar with the idea of playing to a click track, meaning you have a metronome going to keep time in your earpiece, but it doesn't uh, it doesn't show up on the uh, final product because it's just in your earpiece and you're playing over it. Um, so that's one device to keep time. I think it's I don't I don't actually know. I'm under the impression that a lot of these original recordings were not made with uh, click tracks because why would you need to like if you have like a great percussionist and then you can just um, follow the percussionist or all sort of organically follow each other. And then you can make overdubs once you have the foundation down. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's like one, that's one kind of thing that gives the effect of quant quantization. Um, But more, more modern in modern digital production of music, um, quantizing looks like uh, taking the, taking the rhythm of a performance and stretching it to make it exactly fit to a 
uh, a digital metronome mm-hmm. so that uh, there's no, even if something sounds like it's right in time, uh, there's a lot of little nuances. Like if you were to actually do the math and divide up where it happens on the timeline, like it wouldn't evenly divide. You know, right. but if you have it quantized, then it would. And sometimes that can sound really cool. And sometimes it can sound kind of lifeless. And I, these days when most music is like quantized rhythmically, um, it, it can be really nice to hear something uh, really organic sounding. Yeah. And I've heard the term quantization uh, uh, applied to pitches as well, like auto-tune. Yeah, I mean, quantized I rhythm, it's yeah. sort of like auto-tune, but for rhythm instead of pitch. So, right. But I've also heard it applied to pitch. Right. I mean, the word itself probably the just term. means like, I mean, number qua- quantum or quanta is just like, you know, a subunit of measuring. So if you, right. If you sort of like lock to the grid in either rhythm or pitch. So, right. Yeah. So listen to this drum fill and listen to how much of a free ass motherfucker this drummer Hell is yeah. to use Janelle Monet language. <laughs> man that's so cool this <laughs> is so great yeah <laughs> that is like so not on the that's that's like playing not on the uh emphasized beats you know that's really cool sounding yes. i like that a lot yeah it's it's in between those beats mm, like a good for borscht. sure mm-hmm. <laughs> you know borscht is really about the beats you don't <laughs> use <laughs> you son of a bitch <laughs> that's brilliant <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to track number... It's not. It's about the beats you do use. Well... I had borscht, I can confirm. Well, Cameron, I mean, uh, you know, you want to leave out the beats that are rotten or not ripe. So, in a way, it is about the beats you don't use. Oh, boy, where do we go so wrong? Uh, Song number three, Guiltiness. guiltiness talking about guiltiness pressed on their conscience and they live their lives they live their lives on false pretense every day each and every day these are the big fish who always try to eat down the small fish these are the big fish adjust the small fish i tell you again they would do anything to materialize their every wish chorus is Hmm. woe to the down i kind of like that it's actually not bad i mean it's the big fish eating the little fish is, I mean, it's like a pretty old and tired metaphor. I mean, it's pretty precedented, but I feel like he uses it pretty effectively in this song. Yep. Yeah. Hey, you know what, Nathan? I think this is a good song. I think it might actually be a good song. Yeah. Um, and the chorus goes, woe to the downpressors. They will eat the bread of sorrow. They will eat the bread of sad tomorrow, etc." cetera. Uh, and I, I have to say, I really like the portmanteau of downpressors. Uh, uh-huh. because it it involves like depressors um but also like downward pressure or downward pressing it's like a very visual metaphor and oppressors and, well yeah yeah sure or oppressors that's what i just or said depressors <laughs> shush <laughs> don't point out when i'm not paying attention to you <laughs> that's your fault do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah, this is, this is a pretty good song. I mean, it's it's it suffers a little bit from not really defining who the they are. Um, yeah, we all know who they are. <laughs> they're the big fish. Yeah, they're the big fish. These are the big fish. Yeah, I mean, it it is. 
I guess you can sort of infer that it's like about the people who participate in systems of inequality and uh, the the people at the top that press down on other people, etc. Um, the uh, the 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 people who live in Elysium, like in that Matt Damon movie that I never saw. I saw it. Is it at all good? It's at all good. Uh, is it more than at all good? Is it mostly good? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Well, good to know. I don't. I feel like I don't need to watch it now. And that's the kind of service we provide for you, our dear listeners, at uh, Think Outside the Box at uh, Incorporated. Hey, uh, I'm a big, big old tangent right now. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, we haven't done any <laughs> tangents so far in this episode, so we got plenty of time. Just go for it. So I am on rapgenius.com uh and I am reading the lyrics I guess for one fish two fish red fish blue fish Wait what? And uh there's be- a song because I was thinking about um uh well, no, it's not a song. I think it's just the words transcribed onto this page. From the Dr. Seuss book? Yeah. Really? They just put the whole words yeah. from the whole book in there? Yeah. The re- yeah. <laughs> There's no annotations. It's just the lyrics. The reason I looked it up is because I was trying to make like a joke about, uh, you know, who am I? My name is Ish. On my hand, I have a dish. I have this dish to help me wish. When I wish to make a wish, I wave my hand with a big swish swish. And then I say, I wish for fish and get fish right on my dish. So if you wish to make a wish, you may swish for fish with my Ish w- wish dish. Almost is that from it. the book? Uh, that's in the book. That's yeah. so fucking trippy. I had completely forgotten about that. That's crazy. Well, I've read it more recently than you. I think uh, that's probably true. You have a small child yeah. living in your own house. I have a little boy. Um, but yeah, and I was just ended up being really distracted by the fact that, uh, yeah, Dr. Seuss just has one of his books on rapgenius.com. <laughs> and also apparently was really into psychedelic drugs. Oh, really? Well, just based on what you read me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that that was the bit. Cameron, come on. Try to keep up. Okay. <laughs> we got, oh, the places you'll go. This is saying that there's songs. What? Popular Dr. Seuss songs. What? Are you kidding me? That's crazy. And also... I don't think it is. Be... I think it's just the infrastructure of the site. It just thinks that it's songs. I mean, no, well, I mean, yeah, that's not the part. The, the crazy part is that it's on there at all. Um, it, that's certainly copyright infringement. It, I mean, there's no way that it's not. Yeah. Yeah, so this, this is just a PSA. Um, don't buy Dr. Seuss books. Just go on rapgenius.com and read the <laughs> lyrics to your kids. <laughs> it's easy. Draw your own pictures. There, yeah, DIY. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, okay, so that was a massive tangent. Let's come back to the song, I guess? Uh, yeah. What else do we have to say about it? I mean... I don't, I don't have anything else to either. say about it. <laughs> I mean, it's... it's. I mean, it's... An, I mean, we didn't... Yeah, it, it's, it's just like calling out uh, down pressures. Yeah. We already said that. It's... Uh, I do appreciate that it's so, it's like I'm not mad I'm just disappointed. Yeah, basically. It's like the energy. It, Woe to the downpresters, they will eat the bread of sorrow. Mo- That's yeah. sad bread. It mostly focuses on like the consequences that the downpressers are going to experience. It's like they're going to eat the bread of sorrow. Yeah. Uh they live their lives in false pretense every day. You know, right. it's it's that that feels like kind of biblical to me, like to talk about why oppression is bad even for the oppressors. Yeah. Live by the sword, die by the sword, kind of kind of thing. Like, don't you realize that uh, this system you're upholding is hurting yeah, you? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which is interestingly enough a tactic that certain abolitionists took 
trying to get rid of slavery here in the United States of America, they would they would they would notice that uh, so many white Americans did not care about the humanity of uh, black slaves. And so they would emphasize how the system of slavery was bad for white people also, which is true, but is a little bit sad that that would end up being like the focus of abolition. If like the, the argument that is the most effective is like, oh, this is bad for white people too. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the uh, disillusion of, um, of power and like actually benefiting from certain kinds of privilege is necessary, even if it's not, it, you know, it's like the same as um, toxic masculinity and patriarchy. You know, it's like, I don't think men are going to give it up until they realize how much it's uh, hurting them. What's the word? Yeah. And until they realize that they're also uh, being used by the system. Right. So, yeah. But e- even though obviously women are <laughs> the, like more profoundly hurt yeah. by it than we it's are. Not, they're not equal victims, but they are all victims. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say, Nathan, is all lies. Oh, ever. God. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love that tote BS sarcasm. Mm, give me more of that. Uh, sorry. I'm cutting that out. <laughs> I don't want. <laughs> not if I keep referencing it throughout now. the episode. Don't do it. <laughs> you don't have all the power, Cameron. All right. Uh, next song, The Heathen, number four. Let's do it. Yeah. Fighters, rise and take your stance again. Is he who fight and run away? Live to fight another day. Would the heathen back then? On the wall, put the heathen back then. On the wall, put the heathen back then. Huh. What is... What is this song about? Who is the heathen and mm. does Bob Marley like or dislike the heathen? Who is your heathen and what does he do? <laughs> You're the heathen now, dog. <laughs> um, Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> I'm the heathen now. Rise up, fallen fighters. Rise and take your stance again. It's he who fight and run away. Live to fight another day with the heathen back de pond the wall. The heathen back de pond the wall. And that's the whole chorus. And I, I, I like the way it sounds and it, it's catchy. And I, I think the harmonies sound really good. Um, but I don't know what it means. Yeah, I have, I don't know. I looked up on Jamaican Patois. What does pond de wall mean? Does it, is it a phrase that means anything? Upon the wall. But what is the wall? Why are they there? Who's the heathen? I, I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's Pink Floyd. Um, uh, baby's got back. I feel like I'm connecting the dots here. Um, <laughs> uh, Deo, me say Deo. Wait, wait what? Barely, Harry Belafonte Jr. De Pond. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, there's no. There's nothing for heathen on Jamaican Patois or NiceUp.com. Um, yeah, it's really unclear whether. I mean, the 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 song is called the Heathen, but it's unclear if if Bob Marley means that as a complimentary term or a <sighs> negative term. I don't know. It must be just obvious to his listeners. Yeah. His actual listeners, who the heathen is and how you're supposed to feel about them. Yeah. I mean, it's, if I were to hazard a guess, I would guess that it's maybe kind of negative. Um, cause he talks about fighters rise and take your stance again. Um, and it, it sounds like he wants to drive the heathen until they have their back against the wall. And I guess heathen right. would mean like the forces of Babylon, 
but yeah, I mean, but I don't, but also like that, I feel like usually he like heathens associated with like religious minorities. Right. I would feel that like Christians and probably most lots of people in Jamaica at this time would have called Rastafarians heathens. You know, here's a fun fact yes. that I, I believe is true. Um, it's time for Nathan's etymology fun fact corner. Uh, heathen means uh, someone from uh, the countryside, which is to mean the heath. Mm-hmm. The 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 old old timey term for uncultivated land out in the middle of nowhere. The heath is where the word heathen comes from. Um, it just means a rural person, yeah, basically. Wow. So it's like you know, it's basically. I think it dates from the time of when Christianity was spreading throughout monasteries and cities and stuff. And if you went out into the countryside right. where you know Christianity had hadn't penetrated yet, you would find pagans still worshiping their in the flyover states <laughs> basically uh but that that's also where uh pagan comes from it comes from etymologically yeah, late latin well it's not from the same source but it's the same idea late latin paganus in classical latin villager rustic civilian non-combatant noun use of adjective meaning of the country of a village hmm. so yeah i mean christianity used to be a profoundly urban religion <laughs> Just, just say black. Oh God! <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> oh God! Uh, yeah. So, still unclear what he means by the heathen in this song. <laughs> we are no clearer to knowing. As a man sow, shall he reap? That's pretty much a direct quote from the Bible. And I know that talk is cheap, but the hotter the battle, the sweeter jaw victory. So, I, yeah, I guess, I don't know. The more, the more I look at these lyrics and think about it, the more I think that the heathen is the enemy and the one who is being forced with their back against the wall by the, the fighters that he is encouraging. And maybe along right. the way, he'll bomb a church. Right. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's move yeah, on. Exodus. Exodus. Let's exit this song. I think this is quaint little song. Little. I think this is the longest Bob Marley song we've ever encountered. Yeah, it's very long. It's like seven it's minutes. It's almost long. eight minutes. It's seven forty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so this is the epic closing of the first half of this album. So this is the this ends the political uh theme of the first half before they get into the more fun like uh community, sex, happiness of the second half. And uh yeah, I think he's sort of trying to talk about his own exile or exodus after he was shot and he's sort of like linking it back in with uh well i actually uh, that's not very supported to say it's like connected to his own personal experience this is more like a um like a like a almost like a civil rights anthem yeah it it it's using the idea of exodus pretty pretty metaphorically i think so, like, the original, I mean, Exodus is referring to the Jews exiting Egypt in the uh, Jewish, myth- in the Hebrew mythology. That and wandering um, in the desert for 40 years. I think those are... And, yeah, and then wandering. Yeah, and then being exited for a very long yeah. time um, from civilization. And then the uh, Rastafarians have sort of appropriated it to 
uh, I think refer to going back to uh, going back to Africa. Uh, and I don't like, like using the word appropriated there. Um, well, I know that t- these days, like appropriate <laughs> appropriation has a uh, a negative connotation. I but think it like, always has. Cameron has had a negative connotation. No, it just means like to to use something. Mm, I don't think so. Let me look it up. Wiktionary. All right, this is the recurring segment on our show. What's um, derogatory or not? To take to oneself to claim or use, especially as by an exclusive right. Well, there you to go. set apart no that's to set apart for or to assign to a particular person or use especially in exclusion of all others with two or four um yeah i think it's it's not you can't just use it as like a way like a, a fancier version of saying to use and uh and, and also it's it there's a long history um even in this country of people in the abolitionist movement or um even just people in who have been in slavery to take this biblical um, situation of the Exodus and applying it to themselves and how they had been, you know, kidnapped from their own native land and now they're in Exodus. I, I feel like right. So I guess maybe a, a better way of saying it is they're subverting the religion that has been pressed on them. Yeah, and reclaiming. Yeah, I mean, there's it. that that f- or not reclaiming it, but they're they're cl- they're claiming it and and using it in a in a way that it's actually relevant to them. Yeah. And it's, it's like almost sometimes can be like sort of a coded way of talking about slavery. There's like that famous uh, spiritual song. That's something like when Moses went to Pharaoh or whatever, and let my people go, which is, is clearly also kind of about like, Hey, let's not, you know, maybe let's not be enslaved anymore. Would that be cool with you guys who claim to be Christians? Huh? Yeah. I w I would be curious. Um, not that there would be like any sort of Jewish monolith that we could like speak to, but like let's say like a an Orthodox Jew oh, today, it, like the let's uh, talk to the Jewish Pope. Yeah, who's the Jewish Pope? <laughs> <laughs> Jewish Vatican. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd be curious to see if uh, an Orthodox Jew today, like whether they would use the word appropriated, mm. like when referring to. Um, different religious like new religious traditions uh that are taking the israelite like um narrative and the myth and applying it to themselves and saying hey we're also jews yeah i don't well their whole thing has been so thoroughly appropriated by christianity that i don't know this almost seems like a a minor uh sub detail of that whole phenomenon right Oh, I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to take a side. I get it. I feel like, <laughs> I mean, I feel like a religion. I'm not taking a side. Religion is just a side either. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Religion is just like a history of people sort of, uh, appropriating, uh, and subverting each other like forever. Cameron. Um, and just being like, I'm going to take this, this religion. I'm going to do what I want with it. And sometimes it's good. And sometimes it's Cameron, bad. You know what I like to say? And this is a, a phrase that I, I, I uh, mostly invented that I can attribute to myself. I, you know, I like to say that everything is a remix, you know? And, uh, I, I might, I might've based that on some earlier ideas, but that's definitely my phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, lovely. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> That that won't excuse any bad behavior ever. Yeah. Oh no. Okay, oh great. no. I'm looking at rapgenius.com. Uh in, in their track info section, they have some sometimes there's some hidden gems there. 
On this song, there is a cover by Exodus by Dave Matthews Band featuring Robert Randolph. Oh, no. That seems profoundly misguided. From Now that seems appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> With a capital A. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Uh, interesting. So all, what I was trying to say is uh, this song seems to be using Exodus, the idea of Exodus, um, in a pretty metaphorical way. Yeah. Uh, because they're saying, open your eyes and look within. Are you satisfied with the life you're living? We know where we're going. We're leaving Babylon. We're going to our father's land. Um, but to me, that language, the open your eyes and look within, are you satisfied with the life you're living? I, I feel like they're talking about a more spiritual exodus in a cultural exodus. Right. Um, as opposed to literally, in this song, as opposed to literally going back to Africa. Yeah, potentially. I don't know. There is the um, the section where he says, send us another brother Moses from across the Red Sea, uh, movement of Ja people. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think it's most, mostly metaphorical. I don't think he's like literally saying, hey, let's all just pack up and move to Africa. Um, also, also I, I realized that we neglected to point out that... Let us talk logistics. <laughs> <laughs> let's all get a big boat. Um, I realized that we <laughs> neglected to point out that the, the resonances between like Americans that were in slavery to the Israelites was that the Israelites were also in slavery in Egypt. And so the, the, uh, like, uh, in the, in the myth, in the myth. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, I think it's historically yeah. sort of, <laughs> n- uh, unclear or controversial or something. Wrong. Or is it wrong? Is it really wrong? <laughs> Okay. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It was a long time ago, but like, uh, I was actually just talking to someone uh, the other day who was saying that um, something about like there there was a tribe of of Israelites called I think the Levites who were like in North Africa, and they were like historically a much more like violent um, revolutionary tribe, and they sort of. T- took over the other tribes and sort of became their story of Exodus from Egypt sort of became like the story of the rest of the Israelites, even though it's just actually like just a loud minority within oh. uh, the uh, Semitic. I've, is that what I'm trying I've, to say? I've that kind of heard that people groups. I've heard people make that argument about um, like sort of what has become Judaism now or, or even like the monotheists. That's what it was. I've heard people make that mo- argument about the monotheists of the Israelites, that they were kind of like yes. a loud, uh, belligerent minority. And a lot of the mainstream of Israelites, like, you know, even up to almost like Jesus's time was more, they were just like pretty loosey goosey and like, Oh yeah, I guess we'll like, you know, worship Moloch over here on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday we'll go and hang out with Yahweh or whatever. (laughs) And then there was the, like the hardcore monotheists that sort of, uh, rewrote history, I guess in a, in a way. Yeah. So I, I, I'm no expert in this, but that I have heard people make that argument. Um, I'm sure lots of people were enslaved by lots of other people back then. I'm not saying slavery didn't happen. <laughs> You're just saying that the that the slaves were nice and they liked their masters and they were happier when they were slaves. Okay, we gotta stop it with that, <laughs> Cameron. No, I'm just that's what you're that's what you're saying, right? Oh no! Oh, oh no! Boy. Even oh, I feel so dirty and sick. Even this saying that, even in sarcasm, I feel so sick and gross. Oh God. Uh, let's, let's move, move on. on. Let's go to the happy, happy side of this album. Let's talk about yeah, the sexy jamming. Part. Let's jam it up. <laughs> I and I will see you 
how much it's like a celebratory fun happy song but it's so minor key it is yeah now i feel like this is kind of the the bridge between the uh fun sexy songs and the political songs yeah because it starts seeming like yeah we're jamming we're dancing we're jamming genitals together he literally or whatever says, I like, like it's jam just like we're it with a- you which sounds pretty yeah. sexy <laughs> These nuts. <laughs> oh, Cameron, do you jam your nuts during certain certain times? That I mean, to each their own. But to me, that sounds painful. Uh, I'll, I'll never tell. <laughs> a gentleman wouldn't ask, and a lady wouldn't tell. Uh, yeah, I want to jam it with you. We're jamming, jamming, and I hope you like jamming too. But it ex- sort of expands from there. I'm trying to segue back to what you were talking about before I interrupted you. Yeah. Before we started talking about my testicles. Even though we're always sort of talking about your testicles. We're not not yeah, talking we're, about you, them. Almost all the time, we're not not talking about Cameron's testicles. Oh, I thought you were going to continue. <laughs> I was trying to help you get back into what you were saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no bullet can stop us now. We neither beg, we won't bow, uh, nor we won't bow. Neither can be bought nor sold. We all defend the right. Jaw, jaw, children must unite. Your life is worth much more than gold. Then they're talking about Holy Mount Zion. Yeah, it sort of starts off as what sounds like, you know, we're just having a good time partying, maybe having sex, and it sort of becomes like a political movement. Right, yeah. He says later, jams about my pride and truth. I cannot hide to keep you satisfied. <laughs> Still not not about right? sex. Yeah, it, it doesn't <laughs> stop being about, or it doesn't stop yeah. not being about sex. Uh, true love that now exists is the love I can't resist. So jam by my side. Uh, holy crap. This was apparently on the soundtrack to Valyrian and the city of a thousand planets. That's okay. a weird. <laughs> seems like a weird choice. I mean, I hear it's not a great movie. Uh, I've never seen it. I would kind of like to see it. Uh, I, I wanted to, cause I read some of the comics a little bit in French. Um, but yeah, they were, they're really old. Um, they were, they started in the sixties, I want to say, and were kind of an influence on star Wars in the, the breadth and Along with everything right. else. But, I mean, specifically, like, some of the, the breadth and uh, uh, variety of alien species and, and settings and stuff. I think the can- cantina gotcha. owes a lot to some of the aesthetics from the Valyrian books. Jizz music. Jizz music. <laughs> you should drop a link in the show notes to the, the article on um, Wikipedia about jizz music. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's not etymologically ridiculous because there are yes. some... Uh, authorities that say that jazz and jizz might actually come from the same root word. Um, this music is so good, it makes me want to come. Basically. I mean, jazz, it began in brothels in New Orleans, right? Like, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't be surprising if it, if it had started out as jizz music or jizzum, jazzum, jizzum music. Well, if you ask Henry Ford, it was the Jews who invented jazz. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And so then he started square dancing. That's a, yeah. That's to su- to su- uh, in schools to subvert the Jewish influence of jazz. Yeah, you know the, America, the Jews and their jazz. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this episode is a train wreck. What are we doing, Cameron? What okay, are we doing? All, uh, that's also 
no we got uh, like seriously this album is mostly pretty boring to me so yeah. like anything else we can talk about henry ford and his anti-semitism that's such yep. a weird chat like he he i mean my grandparents uh square danced a little bit and in like poodle skirts and it was very costumey and it was not very true to like american folk musics um, and I think a lot yeah. of that sort of inauthentic square dancing was started by Henry Ford. So if you know any yes. relatives who were ever into that sort of square dancing thing, you can thank uh, the Ford Motor Company. Uh, speaking of which, there is an upcoming episode of Radiolab uh, that a lot of my friends are featured what? in. Um, that's it was in Brooklyn, uh, I think, and it was like a it was square it was a square dance party, oh. and they do some square dancing and they talk about the or the african-american origins i believe of square dancing and uh my friend jake blunt and alex my friends jake blunt and alex kramer are involved Hell yeah and they play some music and do some dancing and some calling and uh talk a little bit about that's it super so cool really really cool <laughs> man that's great yeah Hen- yeah <laughs> henry ford was an odd dude um yep. he he's i i mean from what i've heard he seemed to like treat workers at his plant pretty well including the black workers uh, but he was just like virulently anti-semitic <laughs> don't, t- don't tell henry ford that the black people invented yeah. jazz <laughs> or square dancing <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so that. oh boy uh but yeah that that sounds right. super fun I'll, I'll keep a well i don't i don't subscribe to radio lab but i'm sure i'll download that episode to listen to it yeah uh, let's talk about uh, Waiting in Vain, the song that I had always misheard the lyrics to. Oh, you thought it was about blood, Waiting in Veins? Yeah. <laughs> I always thought he was singing, and I never did a close listen to mm-hmm. the song, but I always thought he was singing, I don't want no wedding ring for your love. What? I guess. Yeah, and I just thought that it was about like, a, like, hey, we don't have to put labels on this thing. Like, let's take it easy. You mm-hmm. know, like, don't feel pressure. I thought, I thought it was a song about that. Huh. But it's the opposite. It's the opposite of that. He's like, I'm sick of waiting. Yeah. You need to shit or get off the pot. I mean. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> good metaphor. So good. Uh, this apparently is rumored to be written to Cindy Breakspear, who is the mother of Damian Marley. Uh, so one of the women that Bob Marley was cheating on his wife with, uh, along with the following song, apparently is supposed to be about the same person, Cindy Breakspear. Um and it's just it's so it's just an odd dynamic to me that he like writes these love songs to other women and then he goes to record them and gets his wife to sing on the song with him. Yeah, it's very much like uh wasn't there some uh Garth and, and Trisha Yearwood kind of oh, st- stuff. Oh yeah, there was <laughs> a little bit of that energy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I mean I, I I don't mean to like denigrate polyamorous people or whatever but it seems like rita was definitely not uh, on board with his his uh, many partners yeah well yeah this is i don't think bob marley was being it's not polyamorous if you if it's non-consensual right if it's cheating <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, it's cheating. He presumably agreed to be in an exclusive relationship. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I am on kissthisguy.com. Oh, very good. Is it about misheard lyrics? <laughs> yeah. Excuse me while I kiss this in, guy. In reference to the uh, f- famously misheard lyric, uh, excuse me while I kiss this guy, which I had never heard. Uh, I had always heard the actual correct lyric, and now I can't yep. unhear, excuse me while I kiss this exactly. guy, because I think it's a better lyric. Yep. <laughs> but uh, well, that's there's one J- little Jimmy entry. Which, which song is that? Uh, Purple Haze? Purple, Purple Haze, Haze. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, it's just like one user uh, <laughs> submitted. I was riding in the car with my boyfriend and was singing my version very loudly. He asked me to repeat what I was singing, ellipses. I tried very hard to convince him that I was right until he showed me the name of the song. <laughs> Wait, what are you talking about? Uh, I don't want a wedding ring for oh, your love. That's the name of this article. Someone else thought the same thing. Yeah. Oh. Submitted by H. Chorley. Submitted on uh, January 17th, 2009 at 7.14 p.m. Age it happened? 30. Better than the original? Yes. <laughs> Convinced others you were right? No. Was partying involved? No. <laughs> this is a good website. That's delightful. I like those follow-up questions. <laughs> Better than the original? Yes. Um, I don't know. Well. I mean, I think it's better. <laughs> I, I don't care if well, it, like you said, I don't like this song. I mean, it's, it's better in isolation maybe, but it doesn't work with the rest of the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which are from the very first time I blessed my eyes on you, girl. My heart says follow through, but I know now that I'm way down on your line, but the waiting feeling is fine. So don't treat me like a down on your line. That's so sad. Yeah. If you change your mind, I'm the runner I'm up. way down your line. <laughs> If, if by the time you're done with the whole line honorable you're mention still free, take a Bob chance Marley. on me uh, i'll do my very best uh, uh so don't treat me like a puppet on a string because i know how to do my thing don't talk to me as if you think i'm dumb i want to know when you're gonna come nathan can't read the word come without thinking of ejaculate what sorry i was i was uh thinking of something else what you say something <laughs> uh-uh, okay on. yeah Keep reading all the oh, lyrics of this song. I don't want to be, wait in vain yeah. for love, because if summer is here, I'm still waiting there. Winter is here, and I'm still waiting there. Uh, there's like a a very groovy uh, delivery of the word feasible. <laughs> Which is not, you know not easy to do. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a listen to that sound sample. Ooh, girl, ooh, girl, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> It reminds me of, I've probably mentioned this on the show before, but in the song by Justin Bieber, What Do You Mean? Uh, He has a riff that goes, be more straightforward. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Be more straight. That's such Uh, a clunky line. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny. Ooh, girl. Ooh, girl. Is it feasible? I want to know now. That's, mm, I don't know. It's kind of, well, it's better than Justin Bieber, Bieber version, but it's also kind of clunky, and it's unclear what he is asking about. Like, w- is what feasible? Um, not having to wait in vain for her love. Is it feasible to not have to wait in vain for you? Okay, okay. Yeah. Feasible is a weird word to, to put there. Yeah. <laughs> Tears in my <laughs> eyes burn. Tears in my eyes burn while I'm waiting, while I'm waiting for my turn. <laughs> so gross. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I appreciate that he's not slut shaming her. At least you know yeah. that's that's good. So thanks for that, Bob. Yeah, but this is like a this is like a friend zone song. Yeah, it's not as bad as the next one though. 
Oh, all right. I think that's a segue? good segue. Yeah. Turn your lights down low. Still, I want to get through to you, girl. <laughs> good good loving all right do you want to yeah what's this song about cameron you want to tackle that uh it's about uh consensual love between two consenting partners it's, it's almost too consensual who, who both want to have sex oh, no this is <laughs> i have a sound sample this is really bad <laughs> this is really bad cameron all right here we go never tried to resist Oh, no. Never try to resist. That's not a great line for a uh, accused rapist to write. Uh, no, I would say it's actually pretty damning. Yeah, it seems. Yeah, it seems indicative. Like it was. I don't know. It wasn't like it wasn't such a bad song up until that line. Turn your lights down low and pull your window curtains. Oh, let jaw moon come shining in into our life again. Saying, "Ooh, it's been a long, long time." I got this message for you, girl, but it seems I was never on time. So I got to get through to you, girl. I mean, it's not great, but I want to give you some love. I want to give you some good, good loving. So it's kind of like trying to reestablish the affection and the love and the sex between these two people after uh, it hasn't been there for a while. And he seems to recognize that it's his fault. He says, it seems I was never on time. So yeah, that's, that's the first verse. It seems like it's my fault. Yeah. <laughs> the impression that I get that now that's a Contextually. Um Yeah. And then the, in the verse two, he says, turn your lights down low. Never ever try to resist oh no oh no oh oh no this is not good well i'm ready to move on to three little birds this song's a mm-hmm. bummer mm-hmm. ever running long anyway yeah. three little birds So this is Three Little Birds. I'm sure you know it. It's a very famous song. Yeah. It's a big hit. It's a, there's not a lot of unique lyrics in the song. I mean, like, there are only like a, it just repeats over and over again. The scene about the birds, rise up this morning, smile with the rising sun. Three Little Birds, pitch by my doorstep. I think it's perched on my, isn't it? It's probably perched on, yeah, rapgenius.com is not great sometimes. Singing sweet songs, the melody's pure and true saying, this is my message to you, uh, singing, don't worry about a thing, because every little thing is going to be all right. Singing, don't worry about a thing, don't worry, because every little thing is going to be all right. And that's yeah. it. That's the whole song. It's pretty simple lyrically. Uh, it has a very catchy little keyboard hook. Um, it's heartbreaking when Will Smith sings it in I Am Legend. Uh, that really, it's a real oh, gut yeah. punch. That's when he has to like strangle his dog, I think. <laughs> Forgot about that. And he like sings it, this song as it dies. Yep. Yeah, that, that movie. Uh, yeah, because his dog was turning into a vampire dog. Yeah, it was dog. about to be a, a vampo doggo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That movie's actually pretty good, except uh, the ending <laughs> that was the original ending. Isn't there an alternate yeah, ending? If, if you get, I don't know if it's on the, it's on the DVD. I don't know if they, there's like a way you can watch it online or streaming or something. But the original ending that they shot is much better. 
and and is closer to the book material. Does he kill more dogs? <laughs> he kills so many dogs. <laughs> it just didn't test very well. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this, I mean, it's a fun, positive song about um, sort of believing in that things are going to be all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I like it. It's usually I don't like the sentiment in songs. It's kind of like a trope in songs, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. I think. I don't know if I could come up with examples, but just saying like, ooh, everything's going to be all right, or uh, uh, it's it's all okay, that kind of sentiment, like just, it always seems kind of flaccid to me. But I feel like this is pretty, yeah, pretty powerful. It's just, it's like projecting. I mean, I think the what what he's trying to say is like, don't take these like little birds on your doorstep, like for granted. Yeah. Like isn't nature uh like proof enough that like things are good and that you and there are these like little delights and this should be like um proof enough to like just that everything's eventually going to be okay and that like this life is worth living and yeah i think it's pretty powerful and it's very specific in a way that zooms out very naturally and uh i think it uh how do you say it? I think it shows more than it tells. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Even though, like, on the surface, <laughs> it, it is just telling. It's saying everything's going to be all right. I mean, he's just quoting the birds, Cameron. I mean, it's like... But he's quoting the birds and yeah. the fact that the birds are saying Yeah, exactly. It, like, know? that's the point. Yeah. And it's like, he can't help it if the birds... Yeah, it's about the scene. Yeah, he can't help it if the birds are a little trite or, you know... Right. You know... Not, <laughs> little little uh, who cares if they're singing platitudes they're talking yeah. birds what <laughs> it's a miracle, it's a miracle. <laughs> yeah yeah um apparently this is based on a true story of uh three little birds that used to hang out uh, near his doorstep inspired him to write this song oh, that's it nice. Is nice yeah so fun little positive song i like it uh there's a dirty projector song from bitte orca about birds i'm trying to remember it or maybe it's from swing low magellan uh, maybe i'll remember uh, it uh, and uh, maybe uh, i'll uh, link uh, it but it has a it's similar is it uh it's yeah. not two doves is it no but i love That's that good. song it's not temecula sunrise do you just want to go through the whole Let's do <laughs> should we just stop this season and just move on into dirty projectors maybe we should um yeah i i don't know swing low magellan as well as bitty orca Oh, they've released two Ooh, albums after so Swing Low Magellan. Whoa. Have you? I've been listening to their 2018 one a lot, oh, yeah? actually. You've kept up with them a little bit? When I'm when I'm not listening to my Murakami audiobooks. Yeah, that's what's in the box. On my bike. No, well, soon. A little teaser. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's, end, let's end this episode with uh, our, once again, one love, people get ready. Yeah. For the hopeless sinners who has hurt all mankind Just a saver's own belief One love What about a one One heart What about a Let's little? get together and feel alright As it was in the beginning mm-hmm. So this is, we've already talked about this song song about unity did did we talk about this already yeah i mean this is on an earlier album right i think so i thought we had like oh my god are talked you about it a little bit well but it was on haven't we already covered it was it on a different album i could have sworn it was i mean we we ended up talking about it like as an aside i think oh oh okay it oh okay it was it was on the wailing whalers the very first album uh so it was like oh it was like yeah because they, yeah, they covered it because it's curtis bayfield yeah of. yeah yeah um 
that's right i forgot and i don't i wish i Aha. i wish i had i mean i could probably pull it up on spotify so we can compare and then curtis uh got it from uh bono got it from bot okay and the edge fuck you <laughs> just sound like bob marley got i shot the sheriff from <laughs> eric from clapton. noted white nationalist eric clapton <sighs> that guy sucks there it is Oh, it's so good. I miss I miss that, honestly. Yeah, so that's not the famous version, and this one is the famous version. Um is let's see, are the lyrics all the same from the old version and the new version? I'm not actually mm. sure. Let's get together and feel all right. Hear the children crying, saying, give thanks and praise the Lord, and I will feel all right. Let them pass. Let them all pass all their dirty remarks. There is one question I'd really love to ask. Is there a place for the hopeless sinner who has hurt all mankind just to save his own beliefs? Believe me, one love. Um, let's go. Oh, verse four. Let's get together to fight this holy Armageddon. So when the man... I don't remember yeah, that. I don't remember that part. So when the man comes, there will be no, no doom. Have pity on those whose chances grow thinner. There is no hiding place from the father of creation. It's a little ominous. Uh, yeah, it's that. There's only three verses in the original version. Yeah. Although, Cameron, Cameron, you dum-dum, stop hanging up on me. It's so easy to hang up on this, fr- <laughs> on these, this earpiece. <laughs> Okay, I, I put the marker in. Let's just keep keep going. I, I actually really need to wrap up soon. I know it's my fault for being Rappity late. Rap. But. Okay. Yeah. I mean, do we have much else to say about this song? It's, I mean, we covered it earlier. It's it's just a, an anthem for unity, one love, one heart. Yeah. yeah. It's not yeah. that much more to it. Let's let's wrap it up. Rap, rappy rap, rap, rappity rap, rap. Uh, yeah. All right. Well. Real rap. <laughs> um what did i say was the next the next uh so kaya kaya yeah kaya is next week um so we got four albums albums left left. kaya survival uprising and maybe that confrontation one we'll We'll, decide later yeah so until next week with kaya you can visit us online at boxset.website go to our our discord the link is in the show notes Uh, you can email us if you want email at boxset.website uh, we don't really check the Twitter anymore, but that's Tobias podcast. Um, if you wouldn't mind taking a minute to write a review on iTunes or just hitting those stars or sharing the show with other people and spread it around, that would be great. Yeah. Make it- yeah. Not a lot of people listen yeah. to the show. So <laughs> <laughs> we're too busy making it to tell people about it. So you tell yeah, you guys about do it. it. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for yeah, listening. Thanks for listening. Uh, you can also listen to Cameron's yeah. other podcast, which is called get up in the cool. Oh, I wish you would. And has uh, there's all kinds of fun stuff going on over there. There was a recent episode with a bunch of cloggers. There was one with Irish music. Uh, I think I might have mentioned that last episode, but yeah, good, good, good stuff uh, coming down the pike and already yeah. there. So go check out Get Up in the Cool. Yep. Um, shit, 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 shit. You know what, Cameron? <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot to write down any silly joke for my sign off. <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh no i'm desperately desperately clicking through bob marley's songs do you have do you have one 
Uh, well, do you want to do you want to take mine? That you're mostly farts. Oh no, that's that's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, you do no, that no, one. no, no, no. I, I would I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't dream of stealing your good good. You bit. could talk about you could talk about borscht and beets. Ah uh, <laughs> yes. Okay, I'll try that, and you can decide whether or not you want to cut this out. Though you probably won't, you son of a bitch. Okay. <laughs> Until next week with Kaya, I've been Nathan Hunt, and I'm all about the beats I don't eat. I'm Cameron DeWitt, and I'm mostly farts. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? (sighs) (laughs) All right, I got a pack for a camping trip. All right, well, I guess you can hang up on me one more time. Yeah, I think we have enough B-roll. Oh, Should we got be so good. much B-roll. Uh, that that went a lot better than I thought it might. I was really not looking forward to this episode because I just really felt like I didn't have anything to say <laughs> about it. Turns out the secret is just talk about random bullshit. Hooray! There it is. <laughs>